Hi, I'm John. And I'm Colin. And I'm Klopak. This is Hold Up. This is the show where we talk about movies from long ago and not so long ago and see if they hold up. Klopak, what is that, Slavic? Nope. It's about a nine on the tension scale there, Rube. Cue the theme song. Why don't you just take your balls out of your wife's purse, make a stand for one time in your life. <laughs> it's Walter's rug, so you got an old guy's wake, big deal. Had that in your trousers all day. What do we do now, soldier? Well, you heard them say they were going away tomorrow. As soon as that car leaves in the morning, I'm going over the fence, and I'm not coming back till I find a dead body. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. All right. The year is 1989. <laughs> we got Mr. Jojo Dante delivering Tom Hanks, Carrie Fisher, Corey Feldman, Wendy Schall, Henry Gibson, Bruce Dern in The Burbs. Ah, The Burbs. The mm. Burbs is a kind of a comedy horror movie um, that follows the adventures of, I don't even know what their suburb is called, but we got good old Ray Ray's living in his neighborhood, and he has some strange neighbors doing some strange things. And as the circumstantial, somewhat supportive evidence starts to build, they suspect their neighbors are up to no good. They go and investigate, and hijinks ensue. Pretty much a simple plot for this movie, I would think. Um, back in 89, I was trying to think of how many comedy horror blend movies there were, because this movie was not received well, it wasn't received critically well, but it did make lots of money. Yeah, it was a blockbuster. Sorry, not lo- I don't know about that. It made $50 million on an 18 budget. They considered it a blockbuster at the time. Especially for a horror movie. If, I don't know. I don't find it a horror. <sighs> I always found it as a comedy. Yeah, maybe <clears throat> we need to name this. It's definitely a comedy. There's definitely a lot of fun and unserious things, but there is an element of bones and... Um, some blood and I don't know. It's not gory. It's not really jump scary. It's yeah. I don't think it's not even really a thriller. I don't know. I it's a it's comedy movie with a background that could be dark comedy. It's not a dark comedy. Why? Dark comedies are like things that are funny that shouldn't be. Like your neighbors killing people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and you like breaking into their house and, and blowing them, like, it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I don't know. I know, I know, I, 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 I kind of agree that it's, it's dark, but because of the way they shoot it, they, a, it, it doesn't feel like no, a dark comedy. This would be the lightest dark comedy ever made then, if, if it was a dark comedy. It yeah. just doesn't quite fit the bill, and I'm doing a bad job of explaining. I think I'm, it's more that than horror, though, is, is my point. A hundred percent. It's definitely comedy number one. I think that's why this movie stands out as uh, it yeah. does today, because I, I don't think I'm trying. I think we're all having a hard time. I think this is very unique tonally and a very unique movie. Yeah. Like I said, I, I couldn't think of other movies that had done it. So I can see why people were put off by it originally. Critics especially wouldn't have known what to do with it. Um, but what we end up getting is a, a movie that m- keeps me laughing a lot of the way through um, th- the way they build the characters and they build the neighborhood and, uh, the whole suburbia, um, and they talk about it a few times, like about people kind of going crazy mowing their lawns and spying on their neighbors and doing all that kind of stuff in this tight knit little community. And I don't even get the sense that 
Ray, uh, Tom Hanks' character, like maybe doesn't even like his neighbors. It's just who he's got as neighbors. So they they do things together and they hang out together, but it might not be based on strong friendships, and that's okay. No, it looks like it looks like this is a these are relationships of brought together by this like similar duty to discover what the fuck is going on with these creepy neighbors, because. Uh, Bruce Dern's character is like this military guy, like super probably right wing. Doesn't seem like Tom Hanks or Art would be big with, with that whole crowd. No, um, Art's just fucking annoying. Um, and He's I the don't kind of guy who come in and eat all your food, right? Like all your food. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, Ray is just like hyper stressed. Like he probably is like a more like a college guy. They can. You know what I mean, like like likes to drink beers and sit back and watch sports and mm. kind of fucking you know, regret his existence. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's, he's the one that the, the most people who live in suburbia would be able to relate to. That's why, that's why it's written that way, which is great because he's the, he's the straight man. He's the, but he's the more, you know, the way he dresses, he wears a lot of those, uh, golf shirts and shorts and stuff. And his, he has the wife and the kid and, uh, he's probably got like a semi-decent job in an office. We don't actually ever find out what he does. And he's on, no. he's on his vacation. They go to the lake in the summers and, yep. and so, and Art, he is right next door to him. So, so he can't really avoid Art and Art will just like stroll on in. Well, first of all, our Art will go in his backyard and shoot crows with a gun. Yes. Like that's pretty intrusive if you're a neighbor. Yeah. And then when he gets invited <laughs> in, he like just, well, he eats the food that was given to him and then uh, he just goes in the fridge and gets uh, pineapples and ribs from the previous night. He got ribs and a whole pineapple. And a whole pineapple. And dog food. And, and dog he, food. He and he, and he, he like goes in and pulls that out and just starts eating it. And, uh, and they, don't, they don't mind. Like, it's not like they're saying, hey, what are you doing? Like, this, they're used to art doing this. But you can both they're see. They're also being polite, too, yeah. right? Like, you, you can tell. You can see at times during that scene that both of them are very um, annoyed by it, are yeah. put off by it, and put off by almost want the other person to say something, but neither of them are saying anything. So art just keeps getting away with it, and he keeps doing it. Yeah. Like, to the extreme. C- Carol, who's uh, Carrie Fisher, um, Tom Hanks' wife in this, uh, she just basically ignores Art. They're sitting at the table and Art looks at her awkwardly and he's going to like reach over and eat uh, Tom Hanks's eggs. And he like looks over at her like, you're going to eat your eggs? And looks, he sneaks a peek over to her and she's just like reading her paper. <laughs> she's like, fuck this guy. But she'll sit there for the entire time with him because <laughs> that's that's what a good host I does, you, I guess. I, I bet know. you if she even left, he would still stay and just I think keep he eating. Would. She he might know that too. He doesn't need to them to be in the room, I don't think. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't think he's... None of these friendships are by choice. No. Um, so the start of the movie has actually Tom Hanks looking out his window at some of the goings on uh, in the neighborhood. And, and so we have uh, um, Walter down the street, an old man uh, who has uh, the dog Queenie, who you might recognize from such fame as put the lotion in the fucking basket. Because that's Precious, that same dog. Um, yeah, so Queenie got Queenie. a lot of work in that that uh, era. She's a good bitch. She was uh, she was she was in Academy Award winning movies as well as comedies. That's right. Um, so we get to see Queenie taking a crap on um, uh, what's his name's lawn, Bruce Stern's lawn. Yeah, uh, I forget his character's name now. Rumsfeld. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Queenie, Let's al- move. Queenie also has some made some interesting choices in her career because both those movies are a little darker and a little bit more fucked up. She is the light in the dark of the movie. Yeah. There you go. <coughs> Queenie. Um, so we get lawn poop. We get uh, the introduction to Corey Feldman, who's painting someone's house. His parents, maybe? It's his parents' house. I don't. Uh, his parents must be gone for the summer or something, because he's just fucking like oh, doing crazy shit. He's he does, awful. He does say my there's people in my house, my parents' house, and they're eating all their food. Yeah, like I that. guess that's right. So it is his parents' house. And Brent pointed out later as we were watching this movie that there are so many different colored cans of paint. We couldn't tell what color he was painting. There's some like red on some of the pillars, so that that's not going to turn out well. No, but we never. There's get no to really consistency find out. unless he's like <laughs> painting the pride flag on his house. It's the only way that makes sense. Yep. He has way too many colors of paint, and he's super fucking sloppy with them. The whole fucking week or whatever we go through this movie, he never finishes anything. He gets some red put on one of the pillars right near one of the end scenes there when he's got the whole party going on. Yep. And he spills white paint on his speakers. He does spill white paint what on his speakers. That that's always that drives age me nuts. That likes his speakers, which like at that age, you'd fucking you'd, cherish your yeah. stereo, man. I guess it could have been his and parents' time and he too. took it outside and spilled Jesus. paint on that. This is also this a kid. Don't respect shit. <laughs> when I was reading the trivia, apparently at the time when they were making this movie, uh, Corey, this I was when Corey. Feldman was hanging out with Michael Jackson mm. and um, Michael Jackson never came to the set, but he'd let Corey Feldman take his monkey to the set. And apparently his monkey, like when they were shooting and he left the monkey inside his trailer, the monkey like shit and threw feces all over the trailer. And so after that, the monkey, Michael Jackson's monkey was banned from coming back to the Jesus. <laughs> we had to ban Michael Jackson's mo- monkey. From I, the I, set. I don't really That's... understand why Michael Jackson was la- lending his monkey to uh, his friends, celebrity friends, to take to movie sets. I, yeah, I, I also like that thought, happens at my job all the time, too. <clears throat> I thought that was also fucking thing. very strange. <laughs> yeah, that is kind of strange. Um, so we get the idea that Rumsfeld is ex-military, um, has a... a, a 18 young, years in the bush. Younger and attractive... No, mm-hmm. months. Um, months. Oh, months, yeah. yeah, that would make more sense. He has a younger <laughs> and a, an attractive wife who uh, doesn't mind getting compliments from the meatball next door. And Rumsfeld doesn't really seem to mind that much either that... His, uh, his lady is saying, uh, he's like telling her, to, no tan lines this year. <laughs> Looking like right off the back of her dress and she just kind of smiles and Rumsfeld's like, that kid's a meatball. Instead of being like, hey, you've said something nasty against my wife. So he must be pretty comfortable with all that. Um, yeah, well, he's got the younger trophy wife for sure. And uh, they don't have any kids, which is felt kind of weird, but... A little bit, but... Nobody had kids except for, for Tom Hanks, which apparently Tom Hanks didn't want to have kids in the, in the original... Before they started shooting, he wanted his child taken out of the script because he wanted to apparently have it to be a more modern or contemporary relationship where they were a couple that were that just decided they didn't want to have kids. Yeah. I, don't, I can't say it would have made much difference to the movie because his no. son's a little bit in it at the start to, to talk about the Klopek seeing them digging in the backyard. He's having a conversation with Art early on in the movie. And uh, other than that, the kid doesn't really do anything except for saying that his cousins are morons and stink. Um, no, even I, when Carrie Fisher comes back later that evening, uh, after they've been in the Klopex house and all this shit's gone down at the end, she comes back without the boy. So he doesn't really add anything. So I don't know if Tom Hanks was speaking cause he didn't like the child actor they had selected or, um, as a, as his choice for the movie, not needing a kid in it at all. Yeah. I, his kid doesn't, you could take his kid completely out of the movie and it wouldn't have changed the thing. Like yeah. you're right. I, I never really even thought about that. His kid almost is just background. He doesn't have really a character. He hangs out with art apparently a little bit cause him and art seem to chat. You don't ever see it, but they, 
he's the one who uh, told Art that he saw the grave digging in the backyard or yeah. something like that. Yeah. And I like that scene because the kid's eating the apple and they're getting nose to nose and Art's eating the ribs and they're just like tearing it off and smacking their lips loudly. It's, it's funny. Oh, yeah, he's eating their leftover ribs that he found in the fridge under tin foil that the, he was not offered. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did he put um, syrup on the ribs? I don't know. He seemed I to put syrup he, on he everything. He put syrup on everything. And he, he used was the whole Aunt Jemima, no longer called Aunt Jemima syrup. Yeah, that's right. Um, he used the whole Aunt Jemima syrup and thing, fresh and one. he put it back in the fridge empty yes. and grabbed a brand new full <laughs> syrup. And then had syrup on his plate. I think he was like putting, mixing the eggs into the syrup. It could be uh, chicken and waffles and it could be uh, Art just ribs likes and waffles. I don't know. syrup on everything, apparently. Nice. Yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a big guy. And so I think you had also heard that um, Art and Ray, um, the, the, uh, Tom Hanks, and I forget the other guy's name right now, but um, didn't get along very much. The guy who played Art, yeah. apparently him and, him and Tom Hanks uh, were... We're not, uh, yeah, com- simpatico on the set. Which the, is good for the chemistry between their characters. Yeah, because they don't like each edge, other. Right? Yeah. It, it actually does, yeah, because I noticed it as I was watching it this time. I think in previous years when I had watched this movie, um, I, I've seen this movie like, I don't know, a lot actually. I have a, this is one of those movies that I had a special place in my heart for, but couldn't quite determine if it was going to hold up. Um, before we watched it because I hadn't seen it in some time. And, and I think back and I'm like, oh man, it's kind of like a weird horror movie and it's silly. Um, and if I would have thought back on Art and Ray's um, relationship, I would have said they were friends before. But watching it more closely this time, I was like, he's just the annoying neighbor and Ray is too nice a guy to tell him to go fuck himself. Yeah. So they would like, they would like, I, I need some sugar. Could you mow my lawn while I'm away? I watch it on my house. You just become... friendly doing that and and then ray is the kind of guy who hates his or art sorry is the kind of guy who hates his wife so he'd be over at their place all the time yeah yeah so i picked up on that a little bit more uh the the lack of friendship but they they form this bond over this single purpose and the military man is in and the straight man is in and the and the the fat one is in but they so the clopex (laughs) live next door in first of all the creepiest fucking house on the block Oh man! It looks like it was. It's far older than all of the other homes. You gotta and work hard to have no grass or foliage yeah, on your lawn. And like it can't just unkept. be dirt. That's that's hard to do. The backyard was complete dirt. The front yard was like dead grass, and uh, the fence and the house needed to be painted like about ten years ago. They should have hired uh, Ricky. And like it was an a gigantic <laughs> eyesore. Like that house sticks out like a sore fucking thumb. Like there's screens missing oh, yeah. on the windows. It's like so architecturally out of date from the neighborhood. I mean, you could have made it. I mean, if you would have, if someone would have like really put in a lot of money and time, they could have renovated that to like this amazing huge house. Huge home. Yeah. Huge. But so anyway, they say something about the Klopex, how long they're there. Do you guys remember? Because they're like, we haven't even seen them in, has it been months? I think it has been. It's been some months, right? At least weeks, but. Yeah, they haven't been there too long. No. Because they say they didn't see the naps moving. move out. Yeah, they said they didn't see a moving truck outside or whatever. I was there all day. Oh, that's right. I yeah, like I didn't see a movie truck, moving truck outside. No, yeah, that's what he says to it. Yeah, it was all day. Yeah, and um, then so and I think that they uh, were uh, like, I think they said nobody's seen, really even seen them or saw what they look like. Because when he does see them, that he's really surprised. Well, in how the could window. you see Hans and not be fucking surprised that there's a 19, <laughs> an eighteen sixties Dutch farmer living in your neighborhood? Yeah, it stands out. 
He's like the little guy from uh, Price is Right that climbs the mountain in that game. That <laughs> Hans Christian Andersen, a fine Christian name. Yeah, that guy is a stereotype. Yeah. So Wiki kind of gets everyone suspecting that there might be something unsavory going on. Yeah, he's a total shit disturber. Um, he feeds all the fires of things going on. So it starts out with just a little weird conversation. Like, what'd you see them in the backyard doing? I, I hear the noise from their host. They were digging. They're weird people and they live in a weird house. So I immediately, like, you, you get why they're suspicious of them. Um, they and, are very weird. Yeah. And then, then it just, honestly, the first, like, couple of things they do are based on, on fear, a little bit of, you know, pushing. And then they decide to go try and actually make reasonable contact and, and things just go wrong. So it's not like the Klopex are standoffish too much from the start. They definitely keep to themselves. But the first encounter they have with Ray and, and Art going up is they get attacked by bees or hornets trying to knock on the door, which is pretty funny to watch them walk away. And that gets Rumsfeld uh, involved because he's got to hose them down. And you get a little bit of the physical comedy being worked into some of this, which honestly looks um, really good. There's a lot of physical comedy in this and they, they did a great job with it. So not just that, it really sets the tone. So when they decide they're going to walk up to that house, because the rest of the neighborhood's kind of watching them and yeah. and uh, and you hear Ricky say, go for it or whatever. And they're like, see, everyone's watching us now, right? See what you've done? You embarrass yourself in front of your kid. Yeah. You <laughs> embarrass yourself in front of your kid, your own kid. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's when the music's the that music comes up from like uh you know like from an old spaghetti western yeah and everything t goes in slow motion and the wind starts blowing they and step on the lawn and the wind blows and then they have yeah. to step back it's hilarious and, and then it starts going zooming in on all of the faces that are watching to see what's going to happen because this is like this momentous moment it in even time zooms in on queenie yeah that's the last face as it goes in on the dog's eyes it's yeah. so good yeah and then they get up to the front door and then once again uh it's very over the top and funny because uh when they knock the house i think is nine nine no it's nine six six yeah or something like that, and then when no, they six six nine because they hit it and then it goes is down it the to other the one? yeah, then yeah. it flips down right. to six six six. Yeah, and that's then right. It, it all flips again. Yeah, the little uh, that's right. The little uh, the little numbers on the door. One of them's loose, and and when it flips, it's six six six. And then that falls off, and then the bees come out of the wall, yeah. and then they chase them down the street. Yeah, and then they get sprayed with the hose. That seems very crazy. It is. That's like the first time that something really big event happens. And then everyone's kind of staring at the house and you see someone from inside with the curtain yeah. and then they close the curtain and stuff. So, I mean, yeah. that's a really interesting scene in a comedy. There's um, elements of uh, horror. There's elements of Western. And yeah. once again, we were talking about this with um, Van Damme movies uh, that um, what's his name makes uh, John Woo. Yeah. The difference between what John Woo does with those techniques and what this guy does with Dante. is is that Joe Dante knows how to use them in a comedy and uh, and uh, John Woo has no idea how to use them. Ever. No. For any movie. No, like, because he's doing the exact same thing as John Woo. He's just doing it well. Yeah. No, it's absolutely He's like true. mixing genres and directing styles. He has a lot of Dutch angles in this movie. Like mm -hmm. I noticed in the ambulance when uh, Klopek's talking to Hank Slater. That's on a Dutch angle. There's a lot of Dutch angle, but once again, used so properly, it can be so effective for a film. Yeah. Used badly, and it's a John Woo movie. <laughs> <laughs>
No um, slow motion pigeons in this. That's nice. <laughs> for yeah. like being such a limited set for the location for the movie, the directing is really solid in this. Like pulling from all the styles and doing it in a way where you almost immediately get the sense that you like you need to relax your expectations around seriousness in this movie. And when you start to allow it to become a bit silly, then when they start doing things like they find the femur in the backyard and they do the, the tight close up and, and fade outs and then one of them stops and has to stop the other and then the, the zooming in and out kind of stops. Like I, I thought I would hate that and I didn't um, because Actually, it, it yeah. established the silliness of the movie to start and, and the comedy. So you stop taking it seriously. Then they start to interject the Western themes um, and, and the camera movements from that and the music. And you're just like, I'm laughing because like this, this was funny a second ago and now it's kind of horror-ish, but we're hearing the hero Western music and it, it fits. It just, it works. It's weird. I would say that the femur, uh, where they do the screaming and the camera does the quick zoom out, zoom in, zoom out. Actually, that to me stood out as a speed bump because it felt like the movie had a tone of silliness, but that took it to like a whole different level you that they you? never really ever go back to again. So it just st- seemed like it stuck out of place for me. Yeah. I would have, it was too much. I would have, I would have, I would have, that was one of the only things I would have taken out. Mm. Mm. just tonally just for tone yeah it didn't it didn't crush me i thought i would hate it honestly think i knew it was coming and i was like here we go it's gonna be silly and i was like "Ah." because they play through it right like they stop and the one guy taps the other to like stop screaming Mm -hmm. and then they look at what klopek's doing across the yard i was like "Ah, not not the worst i also just didn't i never hate that i just didn't think it fit their characters either it seemed weird for their characters to do that like you know what I mean? It seemed it out did. of character for both of them. Yeah. That's what it is. It takes me out of... So. I think that's Hanks exactly. No. I think that's Ray exactly. That, they never movie. act that way ever again. They Ray. act completely normal and rational, other than the fact what? that they're, uh, they're paranoid <laughs> and attacking their neighbors. But the screaming... Nothing about this movie is rational. <laughs> screaming to the sky? I mean, that... They found a femur for the first time ever. They found a human bone from the neighbors that they suspect this are is culty, culty grave diggers. I know, but th- their characters are based more in reality, except for that scene. If you ever saw two people standing in a backyard, like in real life, and they were both screaming and staring up at the sky... I mean, it's meant to be silly, obviously. I'm just saying, but, th- but the rest of the movie doesn't have that type of... It's more grounded. I would, Which is I would what agree. Makes it funnier is that it's grounded in in reality. Yeah, a the whole bit. movie's not a slapstick, fourth wall breaking. No, no camera trick thing. So just take it out. It's like five seconds. I don't even mind it being in there. Yeah, I don't yeah. Mind you're nitpicking. I don't mind it. Yeah, I, I mean, if there's speed bumps in the movie, that's one of them. Okay, for, for me personal. Yeah, fair for enough. Me personally. Fair enough. Um, I'm trying to think of other speed bumps. So then. Um, Ray, or sorry, Art gets Ray all worked up about the uh, the demons and the book and the the possession and stuff like that, which causes Tom Hanks to have a real bad, real bad sleep. And he watches some horror movies and he wakes up the next day and he's all out of sorts. So he's thinking in his mind that, um, you know, he's he's maybe gone a little too far with this. And Carol, his wife, for sure thinks that. So Tom wants to spend this nice calm day because it's his vacation in his backyard. And I think by, it must be by 11 a.m. he's crushed. How many beers did we see he had crushed in his backyard there? Four. Four. <laughs> Four beers. So did you, what did you guys think of the dream sequence? Because that also seemed to me to, a, a, another thing I, I think they could have either cut out or shortened. It's fine. Yeah, I wasn't it's a fan weird. of that either. It's weird and it supports the horror theme of the movie. And it's also silly. But, and it is silly, yeah. So I don't take it too seriously. Um, the fact that they got... Art playing, um, what's his name with the pick? 
with the ice pick. Skip. N- skip. Yeah. And, and then he had, they have the Klopex driving down the knife and stuff like that. It so closely resembles the two movies that he's watched. Just like he watched the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then, then there was some other um, sacrificial movie going on. I'm not sure of. So it kind of is okay because it kind of throws off Ray, which is what I like. He's, he's out, I think, as far as the next morning rolls around and he's just going to chill out in his backyard. He was done with it at that point. He was like, we went in the rubies and that's not going to work out. And I tried to say hello and they're not interested. So I'm just going to do whatever. Um, but as he's... As he's doing that, then uh, Rumsfeld and Art decide to slip a little note under the door yeah. and pull off a little, I know what you did last summer kind of action. Ring the bell. We agreed to do it together. <laughs> and then ring the bell together and then they run. Um, that, that's wicked because then that really starts driving the rest of the movie forward. Well, and they also immediately think it was Tom Hanks. Yeah, he throws he, the note over. He pushed a note under, under Walter's door and the old man saw him. And That's then, right. And then, we and then, have Queenie. And so, like, they immediately go take the note, go over to his backyard oh, right. fence, and like throw it over the fence at at Tom, in Tom, Tom Hanks' yard. And then that's he's right. like, "Oh!" And then Art's like, "Oh, that, that's probably just like some a seed or something. He's just a litter bug." Yeah, it and could he's be, picking it, it up. And he's garbage, like, garbage. Okay. Yeah, no, like, no, no, it's, it's my note. It's my note. It's my note. <laughs> Tom runs in. Oh, Tom runs inside and gets smashed in the face with the door. Yeah, see, I don't mind that because he's freaked out there and he's running right. Yeah. And so, and then he like smacks himself. So I, I think that's funny. And it definitely was a femur that they found. Yeah. Like there's, that's a human leg bone. There's yeah. nothing else. It it's could gigantic. Be. Yeah. Which so at that point, you go to you the, call the, police. You call the police. You call the police. You say, my neighbors, there was this. So, you and know, if they not would have blaming, done that, the movie would have been over. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> and so, sorry, we had jumped over the scene where, um, so Queenie, who is all hated by uh, Rumsfeld, not his wife, but by Rumsfeld because the dog keeps shitting in his lawn, uh, is wandering around one day. And so uh, his wife, Rumsfeld's wife, finds it and they want to go check on Walter and, and make sure that that's all okay. So they go over to Walter's house and Rumsfield cu- cuts the glass, not even a little piece of glass in the back. He cuts out like a foot by foot square. So of he glass. can walk through it. Yeah. yeah. A soldier's way. A soldier's the day. <laughs> it's still B and E buddy. Um, so then they decide to all of them go into his house to start searching and art tries to steal something. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, then art tries to get a plate of food out of the fridge they destroy and that. And it gets smashed by the door swinging. Yeah. And so um, the whole funniest part of all that is uh, Tom Hanks writing his note as they're leaving, um, which like he starts to write a big note to explain everything that's happened. He's like, uh, Walter, I have your dog. <laughs> and then later on, it's held back against him for saying, uh, Walter saying that he left him a ransom note for kidnapping Queenie. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing in this movie that doesn't get tied back at the end. The, the dog poop on the lawn um, later on when Hans is trying to run away out of the ambulance, he slips on the dog poop. Uh, the wig uh, makes a comeback. Uh, all the stuff with Walter comes full circle with the dog note and him being away. Um, there's nothing there's nothing left unturned here and that the doesn't pizza come back. dude who gets mentioned several times even causes the ambulance to crash yeah but and then the pizzas follow the pizza dude pizza dude well, he was Tom pretty Hanks fresh grabbing hands is uh, what makes him crash but the pizza guy is just it, it helps yeah it, he yeah they were on a head-on collision yeah that was crazy yeah that's a uh, that i mean the, the the whole build up to this movie like that's the other thing too structurally the movie gets crazier and crazier as it goes. Like it never, it's never the stakes stops. are always increasing. Yeah. yeah, and it never stops. And, and then, it, like when they go to visit the okay, so yeah, the thing with the dream sequence is, I just felt like uh, I don't know, like if it was just a little bit less 
silly with the giant barbecue and you know and the cult leader and then he's on the barbecue and they're barbecuing him and yeah and then i don't know i and the yeah there's just what's wrong with that i just i just thought it was a little once again a little bit out of the the character of the movie it's a dream i know yeah, that's that's where it gets a pass. Is in theme. Yeah, in I think dreams are that's a little fair. bit more. And the movie's meant to be silly. S- like when he cuts the wire in the back and he falls, and there's a body cut out of him <laughs> through the plywood. See, but once again, his, the gloves are torn off, and his cards are all melted, and his his fucking fillings, uh, fillings are hot. That's all just as silly. <laughs> but I think that the so there's uh, a ton of silly stuff in this. The but, tone is consistent. But I feel like that the screaming and the dream would be like when he fell through the thing, which is still grounded in reality. If a Tweety Bird cartoon was going around his head do you know what i'm saying the cutout of his body is slapstick uh, okay but once again you could if you wanted to pull back you could cut that out too but it kind of made me laugh uh, yeah the other stuff the screaming in the dream sequence don't make me laugh anymore i kind of find them like annoying because or not you think good. that they're tonally mismatched but i think but if I you look think- at the movie in a whole and a bunch of different scenes I think there's a lot of that stuff tonally in here. I just don't laugh at them. It's so if it's not funny, which it's supposed to be funny and those other things are, then to me it, it just seems like it doesn't fit and it's also not funny, so I would just take them out. Like the mm. screaming's not funny. The screaming for me is almost like a trigger that we're moving to another phase here. It's it's the the stakes have increased. That's the, the note, characters though. are freaked out. The note is the increase. The, so no, the screaming the with the is. camera. The femur is the first real. Oh yeah, the that, first but that's real what, um, sign. So yes, the femur is one stakes increase. Then the note is another stakes increase. The digging in the backyard. And is then the digging. Then wacky. when he finds the wig. <laughs> that stuff is, but all that stuff is. There's nothing about the note or the digging or any of that stuff that is certain. It's all weird. The note is nothing. The the note is a stakes increase because now they know it's him. But all of it's still speculation they, until yeah. they find a human femur. That is actual well, confirmation well, that there is some fucking thing wrong but in the they neighborhood. Don't, but they don't. Everything know. else is just strange behavior or or uh, completely unfounded yet fear. Tom Hanks isn't convinced re- even with the femur until he finds the wig. That's the first time he's hundred percent convinced. Yeah, the femur could 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 have been in there from the, the naps or anybody else. The clopex necessarily wasn't because of them. It was, no, and, but and if you find an actual body part, that is the actual. Like, yeah, but that didn't link it to them. It linked it to the house. Yeah, that's weird. That never they never brought that femur back around. That was their most solid piece. That's the one thing that doesn't come. Evidence. That's the one thing that doesn't come around. Like, that's what true. happened to that femur? Yeah, why weren't they, they showing the police at the that end? That the first thing. It'd be like, we, my dog dug this up from their lawn, and then like maybe have the cops say something like, "That's a dog bone," or "That's a a horse." I don't know. Whatever the fuck. Yeah, that one doesn't come back. That's the only thing that That's doesn't weird, come yeah. around. I lied before. Things don't come back. Just the femur did. <laughs> um, but so like what you guys are talking about are these these gradients of 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 silliness and comedy. And I think the, the camera zoom in and out is like on the silliest end, the dream slightly less. And then some of these other stuff slightly less on the goofy side. So because there's this gradient, it doesn't, none of it stands out and um, speed bump, I, I'm not quite there, but I can see why you'd say that for sure. Yeah, I just, I'd like I just to see the movie like, cut without that stuff and see if it does change, change anything it about would, it. It would just like, it's once part it, of the spirit of it to me. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Like the it, breaking the fourth wall, always, unless it's something like in a Woody Allen movie where he's doing it throughout the whole movie, he's always going to take you out of the experience. And so unless you're doing that as a device throughout the movie, it seems weird to throw it in in the middle, mm. just one time. 
Yeah. And then never, never really trail back to it again. So that's the only reason why. And once again, like, I don't feel like it impacts the movie in a, a negative enough way to ruin my enjoyment of it. Yeah. It's just, I get taken out for a sec. To me, it's like the movie saying, like, we're going to have some fun now. Like, yeah. Now that, we're that's having kind fun. Of, yeah. I feel like everything we're, we're doing goofy. is saying that though. But it, that that's like a that's like a like every a catchphrase. Like you know how the comedians have the things that they do that like the program you to trigger with the laughter. Like Chappelle knocks the mic on his thing, or like there's been comics in the past that pat their chest or they'll laugh really hard at their own thing. It's all like building you to like bring you along with them, right? I think that's what the movie's doing. Is but, it's it's really triggering you to like we're, we're like I said like now we're having fun. We're we're getting silly and fun, and this is like the jumping off that's point. happening in every scene though every every scene with art that art is in is hysterical watching art eating the food <laughs> watching art shooting birds like watching them the military guy raise the flag watching him his wife and him fighting uh, him screaming at walter and she's in the house robe and then and then everyone everyone like loves watching each other yeah and like gets off on watching each yeah, other it's all burbs. like he he it's the burbs for a reason hanks mm -hmm. is the, is just as bad because he he's watching from the window and his wife the comes over scene, yeah and he's like oh my god Mumfield dogs shit on his lawn and he stepped in and he's like watch this and she walks and, away and, and yeah she's, she's like, like oh jesus this is what my vacation is gonna be like <laughs> so uh so everyone like loves that but like the whole movie is showing you that it's gonna be fun like th th this movie's fun every scene it is which so, is what makes it i think is makes it uh unique yeah yeah i mean so like you guys are disagreeing a little bit on on the speed bump stuff but but none of it's ruining the enjoyment it's just more the tone how, yeah no it's just a taste thing i think yeah yeah, yeah. And, and and at the end of the day none of it ruins it so so at what point and, and uh, i'd never be able to remember back seeing this movie for the first time but do you think the audience knows right away that the clopex are are bad or do you think someone watching this for the first time would actually be interested in this mystery unfolding or is it just kind of about the journey and whether they are evil or not? Like the movie could have ended either way with the Klopex being evil or not. And it would have been like still funny because the, the stuff at the very end after the house blows up and, and then, you know, doctor, the evil doctor tries to kill Tom Hanks, like all that only takes like maybe three minutes of the hour and 50 minute movie. So like, could there have been a way that they spun this so that the Klopex were innocent people and Tom Hanks and those guys really did just blow their houses up and the movie rolled out. Like, does it matter? I think they did it intentionally. The whole movie, and, and the, 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 I get the feeling that they did it intentionally for the audience to really believe that the Kopecks aren't that bad of people. That's yeah, because they make all the evidence, so, you know, circumstantial, so that so they're leading the audience to believe that these guys are fucking up an innocent person's house. And then when Tom Hanks gives a speech, the audience feels justified, and they I like saying I knew it all along. And then they fuck the audience over, which is why I like it. Yeah. That's and how I feel they, anyway. They see, they do give some hints though, like the crazy thing in the basement. They see early on the lights coming up and the crazy noises. And, and then you get the femur bone, you see them digging. Like, it's almost like they're, they're putting strong evidence one way, but they're not supporting it. So then you're like, I am being tricked and they are. Yeah. Innocent. There is an explanation for all this. That's how I felt. And he is a doctor. So maybe there could be some reason for him having the bone. Uh, I don't know why. Just talking about their basement makes me think of the awesome scene when Ray and Art are down there, and, and Art's like, uh, "And a thermostat is a regular thermostat go up to five thousand degrees." <laughs> <laughs> There's a fairness, yeah, that is funny. So I, I, um, I, I think it's funny the way they they pu they pull at you for the movie, and it, it, that makes it fun on a rewatch because the second time around you're watching it, you know the Klopex are dirty, 
but you're trying to see like all the ways that the the direction and story are trying to fool you and, and not give you enough evidence to say for sure and keep you guessing. Um, and especially Tom Hanks's impassioned speech at the end when he's been all blown up and he's like, He's like, we're the bad people. We're the ones who like mowed our lawns 50,000 times and went crazy. That's us. Us, not them. We're the ones leaping over people's fences. <laughs> we're the ones breaking into their homes. We're the ones looking in their windows. We're the type of people who break into your house and burn it down when you were away for the day. <laughs> <laughs> we're the paranoid people acting suspicious. I love that line. We're the paranoid ones acting suspicious. Yeah. That's a great line. Because that's, ex- and that the whole movie, that has been them. And that's why I feel like knowing the ending that they were... The way the Klopeks dressed, the way they acted, the way they spoke, the way their house was and everything was all a big scam to make you think something was, they were pushing you to make you believe that they were just weird people, but they weren't doing anything wrong. So all, all that's supported too when they go over for the friendly visit. So the, the wives get, get the better of the men and are like, you guys are like doing all this espionage and sneaky. We're just going to walk right up and walk in and, and give them brownies. In. Yeah, give them brownies. So I still feel upset when those oh, brownies I hate fall. It. I love Ergo brownies. Goddamn brownies. Um, <laughs> his, his foot goes right through the floor right in, through in the porch. front of the door. Yeah. That's a huge tripping hazard. And as soon as Hans opens the door to see like what's been broken, Carol is like, hello, and then just goes inside the house and then Bonnie follows. Yeah, um, yeah. They don't even ask to be invited in. Little something for the old sweet tooth. <laughs> and it's got like leaves and sticks and in it. And wood chips oh, in gross. it. I do end up remember thinking very distinctly that I would have like, as the brownies were lying there face down, I would have eaten from the face up pile. Uh, before replating them because uh, maybe John's, you could have got some John's brainstorming how to solve I like the brownies. brownies. I really like brownies too. And when I was a kid, those brownies looked so good because they, they were those glossy on the top oh, ones yeah. that are like so sweet. Yep. And when they fall, I think I always think to myself, you know what? They're still probably pretty good. I'll just clean it off a little we bit. We can do it. Just no got a little, You're not going to die. Just blow <laughs> blow the dust off and some take a sticks. bite. <laughs> it's going to be delicious. Yeah. So the encounter in the host though this is where like your first exposure to all of the Klopex and they, they still are like building up the strangeness of everything. So to the point where when they, you know, good solid walls, knock, 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 good solid floors, stop, stop, stop. And then the doctor downstairs knocks again. So when my brother, the doctor comes up, they're showing the shadow come from the basement and it gets big and it looks like really huge. And you're wondering if this big hulking, like drooling guy is going to come out. Like he's the murderer and the other two are the, the brains behind the operation to make the doctor like very small and the perfect intro music, the little flutes panning down. Then you're like back to like, Oh, he's weird for sure. But is he, (laughs) is he evil? I don't know. And he's clean cut, well put together. And he's a doctor, a respected pathologist. Yeah. So that all builds to the strangeness of who, everything. Who is the actor? Who's uh, what's his name? The military guy again? Uh, Rumsfeld. Rumsfeld. Bruce, Bruce Stern. Yeah. No, but his name's just Rumsfeld. They just call him Rumsfeld. Yeah. Does he have a first name? I don't Bruce. think so. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce. <laughs> anyway, so when he's pulling off the wallpaper, oh god! In in front of one of the Klopex, he's he's picking at it, and then he gets a hold of it, and then he starts peeling off the wallpaper. Yeah. And then and then there's nothing behind it, and then he like kind of just puts it, pushes it down with his hand. To well, make he it look like, rips until it comes actually all the way off the wall. Then he looks shocked at what he's done and tries <laughs> to press it back on. Yeah. But I don't know what he was doing in the first place. That's like the meanest thing you could do to someone right in front of them. It would be like going up to a painted wall with like a knife and start scraping the paint off, and then let's like, walk away. <laughs> it's so weird. It is. Just wipe it a little bit 
in the but locker. But everyone right? gets lost in thought if you got something to play. That is like what that, he was right? doing, yeah. His name's Mark, by the way. Ah, uh, right. Mark Rumsfeld? Yeah. They never call him Mark. No, they never do. For a good reason. He doesn't seem like a Mark. No, Mark seems actually like seems a like a poor choice for a first name for him. It does. Also, his wardrobe like and Art's Dean wardrobe. Rumsfeld or something like that. Actually, all the wardrobes in this movie. Uh, think about Carrie Fisher. She's always wearing sundresses. Think about the neighbor's wife and the way she dresses a little bit more scantily. Sundresses but like are the best dresses. Scantily. And then the way that Art is dressed all the time. And then um, Rumsfeld's always like in some kind of a military coat. Yeah, are a camouflage or uh, are like a hat or a Hawaiian hat. shirt at one point. Yeah. Art dresses like he's joining a whites only golf club. <laughs> yeah, when they're gonna go golfing that time, he's got like the weird plaid sweater vest and, and like everything plaid else. Socks. Like he's selling he's it. So horribly dressed, man. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get Carol to buy it. Yeah, and it's true. Yeah, yeah. Even, even uh, what's his name next door, Ricky. Think of the way the Klopak's dress too. Like Brent was saying earlier, that guy uh, Hans dresses like a weird. Oh mountain climbing german yeah he looks like he's like lives in the alps since he was a child like herding sheep and shit (laughs) and then the other clopac the bigger one the short bigger ones got like rube wears sweaters and stuff yeah oh god (laughs) all the interactions with with um rumsfield and rube are good that's about a nine on the tension scale (laughs) um and uh then rube is like i fucking tom hanks the whole time they're visiting he just won't stop staring at him unless someone else talks to him directly so that's pretty amazing as well. Because he calls him out. He's like, you're the neighbor or whatever he says, right? Yes. He just calls him out about something. And Ricky, and Ricky um, is a great tool to use in the storytelling to make sure you never feel like what's going on is normal. Because uh, he is, he's always observing it and inviting other people over to yeah, observe it. So because good to watch. Ricky knows it's not normal. But and he's always hinting at how it is normal. He's like, I love this neighborhood. You guys got to come over and watch this party. This is my neighborhood. But I mean, I for love the, this neighborhood. It's not, normal for, it's not normal for the audience because it's noteworthy to watch like a show. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but so, he loves it because his neighborhood is yeah, like that yeah, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I mean. It's like for his neighborhood, it seems to be the norm. Yeah. But for us as the audience, we get to kind of, we get to kind of experience it through Ricky's eyes a lot of the time. And uh, and yeah. then he has a huge like coming out party at the end for uh, the neighborhood or whatever. And the big mission, like he, kn- it's so funny that he always knows what's going on. He must be getting the info from uh, Art. Maybe. Well, he's, he's watching. Yeah, he, well, he, actually him and Art do uh, hang they, out. They talk and uh, yeah, they hung out that one time uh, when they're like outside smoking cigarettes or something. But they don't drink. Like I get the sense that Ricky's like, 16 17 not 19 20 i think movie. he's a well yeah he loves Do they his, have he loves his parents yeah have to because be 21 to have he's painting his parents house so he's like when he's hanging out over at arts when tom hanks sneaks out to smoke a cigar which is just this other little detail that even like tom hanks with his perfect little life in his house like he still has to sneak out to smoke cigars and him and his wife have that understanding it's just, it paints a beautiful picture of like their relationship is not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they have problems, but they also work really well. Um, and Carol seems like a very reasonable wife. Um, considering the movie's more about Tom Hanks and the hijinks he gets up to, she's a great supporter for it. Even to the very end when um, the cop is reading off to Tom Hanks all the laws that he broke and she's kind of sitting there with her head down and he's like looking off into space and then he tells her he really loves her hair and she just looks up with this smile and she's like, Whatever is happening here, we'll get through it and we'll come through and maybe one day we'll talk about the lessons learned. It's but so, she's never going to be the person to rub it in his face. It's so funny that you say I that. Like that I got the exact same feeling yeah. when I was watching it. Like it's so communicated so well. The great other thing about this script and uh, the directing and the improvisation in this movie is 
I found out in my research that this movie was made during the writer's strike. Ah. And so the writer was allowed to be on the set, but he was not allowed to change the script or do any actual writing. So, so the, the, way they could, the only way they could do it is get the actors to improvise better stuff. So there's tons of improvisation because there couldn't be rewrites. How fucked would that be? What, the you're writer, watching them make your shit and you're like, this isn't working. I could write a much better scene. And they're like, oh, better you, dialogue you're not allowed. You can't. They are on strike. <laughs> yeah, he also got to be in the movie as a, some side character that doesn't have a speaking line. But Maybe he's uh, uh, Walter's son. Yeah, maybe. Bring them back. Um, so th- the women in this movie are good. Um, but like... Yeah, like Rumsfield's wife, uh, Bonnie, I think her name is in this. No tan lines this morning. Yeah, like that's funny. Um, and she takes the compliment for sure. She's beautiful. Um, but she also uh. is like se- semi-resourceful and, and she's not she's not just a trophy, it doesn't seem. She's a bit more than that. She's not a bimbo. They, that You get the impression that she might be at the beginning, but no, you're right. She's really not. Yeah. The actress's name is Wendy, right? Yeah, she was in uh, Inner Space as well. Yeah, so no, uh, that's her name, Wendy. Maybe Wendy, just Wendy Shaw. Her real name is Wendy, but in Inner Space, her name was Wendy. The character was named Wendy, but nice. it is Bonnie in this movie. But so easy to I, remember. I also yeah. read in my the trivia that uh, you know how she acts. You were just talking about how she was acting in the movie. So Tom Hanks always said to her, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "I, I don't, I don't know what you exactly what here? it is you're doing here for your character." So at the end of the movie. Uh, Tom Hanks uh, loved doing the movie and everybody in the movie so much he bought them all sunglasses, like really did nice designer sunglasses and sent them a note. And her note said, uh, I still have no idea what the hell you are doing. And he was like, enjoy the sunglasses. <laughs> yeah. She, like she, that, that role, I liked her performance that role for that for that actress could have like put a different actress in playing it a slightly different way. Could have like really stood out. And been garbage and stereotypical. I thought she was good. Yeah, I, I'm not sure exactly what he was seeing that I didn't see, but yeah, I don't. I, I think I don't he know. was wrong. I, I liked her. In maybe it. it was a joke. Like maybe she was uncertain early it on. It might have been her he was method. Just playing on it. Maybe it was her method and stuff too. Yeah, because it also used. doesn't make Tom Hanks doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that criticizes other people's acting on the way That's through. That's like so the the <laughs> fact that he like was saying that to her and maybe didn't want the kid on set like uh, the the kid who plays his son like. I don't know if that's because he did. I said this before. He didn't like the actor, or if he just didn't think that the character mattered. And the character did not matter. It, like it, you could have easily replaced all the dialogue from his son with something else. I, I think I, it wasn't. It wasn't the kid actor. He when he took on the project, he had kind of uh, debated with the writer and and Joe Dante. Should I be a dad? Can I just not? Can we just be a, a modern couple who doesn't want kids and didn't have kids? Yeah. And he said better. he he said he didn't want to play a dad. I don't. Yeah. I don't know why that was. He said he he didn't think he'd be good at it or something like that. Like he never really does play a dad. He does. It is a very small. Does he part even of have this. dialogue with the son? He I has don't. the thing where he says, "Uh, you have fun or something out there," and the kid yeah, says, "I that's hate. It. I hate them." The Wendy stinks, and uh, something the other kid's a, a dick too. Ma- and then he gives him the special handshake. Maybe because of Tom Tom Hanks' uh, reluctance to want to to be play the movie that way, they've just peeled back the, the the dialogue in the scenes with the kid and made him a nothing character. To me, it makes sense. that th- This neighborhood isn't an, a modern are, family neighborhood. There right? are no kids in this neighborhood. Well, yeah. Except for Well, we see the... Ricky. The, yeah, Ricky and then Tom Hanks' kid. But Art doesn't have a kid. Bruce Dern doesn't... 
Unless Walter Bruce Dern maybe doesn't move down. Actually, maybe that's why you needed somebody, one of the three couples, to have a kid. Like, it didn't have to be necessary, but you couldn't have it be art because he's too irresponsible. I wouldn't even think about this there unless we're talking about so, it. There are neighborhoods that have more kids and neighborhoods that True. have less kids. And neighborhoods that tend to have more kids are like the more starter families with the with the more lower to moderate priced homes. Yeah, I think closer it to schools. Closer all to schools. Kind of stuff. I think it like just that. makes sense that one of the three couples had one. Yeah. I like Art's, Art's wife's just gone all the time. She doesn't show up till the end. You never meet her anyway. Yeah. But like, it, it's, it's, you know what? It doesn't hurt the movie. It, just because he's no. a nothing character. No. It just it makes him like a bit of a shitty dad because he doesn't really spend any time with his kid. Yeah, he has a week off and he's like, I want them both out of here so I can spot yeah. the neighbors. Actually, that's something I didn't think about. He has this kid and he has two weeks off and he doesn't do anything with the no, kid. No, they don't th- play baseball. Or but the kid's about the age. He'd be playing with his friends and stuff. It's like He doesn't have any friends. There's no one the kids in the neighborhood. I don't think there's one other kid. I mean, and come like, on. Then block over or whatever the fuck. No, but I know. But what? isn't it weird that there's no <laughs> other children? I don't think we yeah, see them. No, you don't. You don't a, want kids running around this neighborhood. It all of a sudden sends the wrong <laughs> message. Because then me as a, as a viewer is more concerned about the antics that they're getting up to with kids around is dangerous. Yeah. The fact that there's no kids around actually makes this a safe space for them to play in. I'm fine. I, I'm fine that they don't have kids in any way. But what was also we never talked about yet uh, is the garbage man scene. So oh they're, they're not really, they're really shitty at hiding what they're doing. Because they run out in the m- middle of broad daylight in right the morning. Right in front of the Klopak's house. In front of the Klopak's house and start rooting through the garbage in the back of the garbage truck and looking through their cans. Well, <laughs> the Klopak's like, would obviously have seen that. Everyone in the neighborhood knew what was going on. It, it, what drives that all is a really funny scene, though, where um, it's dark, it's starting to storm, and Hans tr- drives the family car to the end of their driveway, out, out of which the is garage, like 20 feet, then goes in, gets out this insanely uh, heavy, hefty bag, and then rams it into the trash can with a hoe. Uh, and the, the look he has on his face is just like pure <laughs> rage the whole time he's doing it. It's it's an unsettling scene, and, and it's another one which can totally support why these guys are going to end up going through with some of the stuff they end up doing. So they, they don't make trash bags like this anymore either. Oh, my God. he fucking slams that Reefed thing. And then even when he's putting the lid on, it's still holding air. Like, tough bag. Yeah. Joe I Dante, can't even put a carton of milk in mine anymore. It'll fucking rip. Joe, Joe Dante <laughs> said he let him do it until he got pissed off. And, really? and angry and then that's why he was doing that he looked so angry is because he, oh, he just kept having him do it yeah and he was getting pissed off and so that was a take he used like, oh, you're not but doing it good the, enough the one do thing again the one thing that we all <laughs> reacted to that is such a weird thing to me because i will never forget the first time i saw it and, and every time i see it is um when they're inside the house and they want to give offer them some food oh. and all they have is pretzels and sardines uh. And I honestly think <laughs> it's not only the images, but it's the sound. The sound. The it's sound the of sound more than the images. Oh, yeah. yeah. And oh. the and the sardine getting it at like John said, getting it out of the can. Just it's digging it, digging it, when digging it. When you can hear the sloppiness yeah. of the sardine in and the And then can. he sticks the whole thing in his mouth and like really bad <laughs> he has a hard time doing it. And then he just starts crunching slowly, Slurping crunching. And, the mushy and then the crunchy. You get the experience from it. They, oh, they do an do. excellent job of making you you know exactly what's going on. It's just weird to me that that experience is is done in such a way that it's so memorable yeah. and it's uncomfortable and awkward because no one is talking and everyone is watching him eat the sardine. Yep. It's so weird. Yeah, and he has his uh, packing dust hacking fit, which, <laughs> yeah. which is bad. 
And then um, and then he grabs newspaper. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. and he struts into newspaper. He's like, coughing and uh, spitting into it. That'd be nasty gross. That's like just old newspaper lying around. And then the scene, the tension is broken when the dog comes well, up. Rum, well, so yeah, so as they're doing this, Art is breaking into the backyard. I don't know what his plan was to, to break in. He was going to probably check out some of the holes. Um, but uh, Rumsfield pushes hard as to like, let's see what's in the basement. What do you think, Ray? And then Ray is like, I need to use your bathroom. Um, oh, right. And, and the, so then he goes to open up a door he shouldn't open, which is the door to the basement and their giant dog runs out. Marmaduke. Yeah, Marmaduke. And that's all going crazy. The dog goes right after Ray, who has to jump back over the fence that he's just fallen over. Um, and then so I guess during all this mess is when uh, Tom Hanks finds the rug, the, the Walter's wig. Which is some magazines or whatever. Yeah, another another piece of evidence that we find. And I like how later. he plays it. He plays it real smart because oh, he, he knows the wives are are giving them hell. Yeah. And instead of like revealing to them what he's found, because he knows if he reveals to the wives, they'll say well, we should call the police. Or are they might try and talk them out of what they're gonna do. So he lies to the wives and says, "Let me he, go talk to the boys." He's like, "I'll talk yeah. them down. I'll <laughs> I'll convince them that." This is stupid. Yeah. And then as soon as the door is closed, I love how they're like egging him on. They're like saying his, his balls are in her, her purse or whatever. Yeah. And then he reaches up his pants <laughs> and he's like, no, no, it's a figure of speech. But yeah, that from that point on, Tommy Hanks boy is driven. So makes up a couple of stories, gets the wife out of town. It's great though, because now he is convinced. Yeah. Like you needed, you needed something to convince Hanks. I, yeah. And that I love... It, was there's something shady you like, did. and they uh, that they've killed his neighbor but he's the yeah. de facto leader mm -hmm. he kind of is yeah he's he's the most rational well, of the group those other sure. two guys will run off and do things without him but like yeah but if they're he's always in, fucking crazy plans like slide that note under the door they're like a couple kids with no run. fucking i know no like, idea of what happens out. after yeah. they, 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 the music and and the way they're dressed and the way they run away is very childlike it's like they're playing nicky nicky nine door yeah, yeah. and later on uh, rumsfield on the roof plays um red rover as they're going over the fence into red the rover, red rover send art on over <laughs> excellent gentlemen I'm like, what the hell is he doing? Yeah, he's so excited that it worked. It's true. And as Ray is deciding that he's going to go over there and not come out till he finds a body, I love the shot where they have the light source under him. So it's shining up in his face. Like if you were a kid shining a, a flashlight up in your face, the shadowing on his face, and he has that insane yeah, wide-eyed look. classic, mm -hmm. classic horror lighting. It's a great, from, they light from below. Yeah, it's great. So it, like, it almost is portraying him as the evil guy about to go do evil because he's going to go do this to his innocent neighbors. It's like, nobody but, takes old no man in my neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. So then, you know, he goes to the dark side. It's so the, the, then their whole assault on the host is amazing. Ray or Art goes up the phone pole to try and cut the power and ends up cutting the power to the whole neighborhood and electrocuting himself and falling through. The, and has the black the fingernails, shed. the black fingernails, the hot fillings, all that shit is absolutely hilarious. Um, it's great physical comedy in this. And we talked about it before the, the body shaped hole in the top of the shed. Was I, the shed I that laugh. old? I wonder if that would like that might even happen. I smiled no. and chuckled. Okay, no, I, no way. I smiled and chuckled because <laughs> I I didn't I did never have seen that before. Yeah, and I never noticed it until you pointed it out this time. And I've seen this I movie had, a lot. Of I times. had not seen it before. They went yeah. out of their way to show it because all that scene really does is show them moving bags of like fertilizer out it's from under a, the hole. It's in a the total ceiling. comic shot. Yeah. Um, but that's what I mean. It's that is a subtle. That's a very subtle humor. Yeah. There's a lot of su that's it's uh, subtle, but it's slapstick. The humor yeah. that the I body like. Body outline is always oh, totally. straight out of a fucking uh, cartoon. cartoon. It's a cartoon. But for this sure. is the first time all of us had noticed that. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. It is. It is subtle. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Is I like 
like the, all of the stuff with with their their hatred for art yeah is subtle They're, it's never spoken they just there'll be a eye roll or a look over at him or <laughs> i i love that type of humor yeah. in this it's with um rumsfeld um telling ricky's friends like i love how they keep coming over and asking him when the show is gonna start yeah and like there's a time limit <laughs> on this thing or like it's, it's gonna be at six o'clock or something yeah. it's so funny yeah i gotta go to work it's so fucking <laughs> dumb to me though that um they don't have a time plan for this activity oh my god no they're gonna break into the house They've dug all the holes in the backyard. You need to cover those up again. You can't just dig unless them they and were leave there, them. like unless they were already somewhat started. And they weren't because they otherwise why were they digging? Them? I guess yeah, they dug them and then covered them. I guess and so. They dig the holes, leave them. Yeah. Then they go to the basement, dig an even bigger hole. And also, it gets, it break gets dark out. in the basement, <laughs> and, and it's dark out. And huh? they don't have a fucking get out of their plan. They They're, just figured that they would go and dig until the fucking end of time. And I they guess. also broke the window. Yeah. Maybe they were so certain they were going to find something. They were like, we won't need to have an exit plan because we'll be walking out with bones one way or another. Which is funny because if they had just looked in the furnace first thing, which yeah, you think would have been their first move instead of hitting that button. But Art the door was open. He's yeah, like, Art turns it on do? and then Tom Hanks kicks it shut. And that's the last they look at the furnace. Yeah, so it's funny because the actual evidence, they never see it. But yeah. that is what the guy, that's what uh, the, the doctor, yeah. uh, he is sure that Hanks has at the end. Yeah. yeah. He's and like, well, he's because like, well, how for could, sure you looked in the furnace. Yeah, how could he not have? That was silly that he didn't. Saw and then, skulls. so then it, it all builds up to a huge block party that Ricky's oh, yeah. organized with pizza coming. The pizza and dude. they're playing some music. And then Walter comes back once again. They uh, right super when, great timing. Yeah. Right when they think they found his body. Uh, they, then he shows up and then the whole thing changes. That's such a great reveal. The car is driving down the street. You're like, is that the Clopex? And it's not. And then you're like, who the fuck is this? And then it's, they show it's Walter. <laughs> Everybody's eyes. Ray comes out of the host, host for some fresh air while Tom Hanks is still in digging. And then they're trying to radio Tom Hanks to say that Walter's alive and he's dumping mud on it. And then the Clopex come home. It's like, oh no. Actually, Art says the only thing that makes sense for his character in the movie, like the only smart thing is when Tom Hanks is dug really deep and he's like, I don't know, man. It's like, I don't think they would have buried a body this deep right here. Yeah. And I'm like, that's the only thing you've said that made sense this whole movie. Yeah, because he dug into the water table. He's like past yeah. the point of... Totally. Like, yeah. Bring. And then that's when... So when every all that shit's going down outside, that's when he hits the fucking the gas. gas main. I had a gas line, I run! Yeah, and then Art, like, he does not help him. He does what... Tom Hanks is kind of self-sacrificing there. He does, yeah. And then he... he tells him to run. It's hard for me when he's trying to struggle to get out of the hole. Because yeah, if Art had it just pulled him. But he tells him to run, so maybe he thought he'd be right behind. But that's yeah, the explosion. So. They blew that house up. Yeah, that is a massive Fuck, explosion. It's crazy. Yeah, and it would have spire. never exploded like that in real life, but it is no, great to see. No, but it is. No, great. yeah, it's it, it's once again it fits the tone. The yeah. spire comes down through the cop car, and and it's just madness in the neighborhood. So all that stuff is 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 hilarious. And the Clopex um, have brought the police. Yeah, the Clopex went to get the coppers, which is an interesting move considering they have. Uh, incriminating evidence on them it makes them seem more innocent though it does by make them, them getting seem the way more innocent yeah so then you really start to doubt well, and the police would have no reason to search their house they no would just be like these guys broke into your house let me arrest them do you want to press charges yes okay yeah yeah, yeah totally not like now i need to check all your shit and then my favorite the tom hanks like really goes for it at the end when uh i love when he comes walking out of the house to the western music oh, again oh man yeah and then we talked about how he uh he kind of he slides down the stairs instead yeah. of steps down them yeah kind of but he's 
He's casual. He seems like he's trying to be casual. He's like, yeah, oh, despite the fact that his whole eye is swollen shut his and clothes he's like are blown all messed up. up. And uh, I've been blown up. Take me to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, and then and then he gives the speech because Art tries to come over while all the chaos is going on and say that th- th- they still them. they're still them and yeah. they're still something. And then he gets really upset and. Uh, He's like, uh, we're the ones, we're the ones vaulting over fences. We're the ones breaking into people's houses. We're the Burning ones acting down. paranoid and suspicious. It's we're so, the it's, ones. It's hilarious. It's um, us. Uh, then I love, uh, uh, Colin uh, found this out too, that when Tom Hanks picks up the stretcher, the gurney and dumps it in the truck and into the ambulance and jumps in on top of it, that was, that was uh, improvised yeah. Improvised by Tom Cause, Hanks. Cause and everyone flowed with it because Carrie Fisher walked right up and was like, are you okay? He's like, yes, Carol. He's like, I'll just find out what hospital they're going to take to you and follow. I'm wondering, okay, honey. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if he did it once and then they, uh, and then they set, we set the camera cause they push in when he does it. And you're right. Carrie Fisher walks like right up. Yeah. Which yeah. is weird and interesting. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, and, and then, then they uh, try to kill him. Yeah. Then they try and get him. They, they get Hans to drive the ambulance and they get, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The what were they thinking? That seems like a weird plan. They were going to steal the ambulance and kill Hanks. I think they, I think they think that they're hooped. So they're going to like fucking take the they're only gonna, guy that saw Rube, something. They're going to leave Rube. Yeah. Well, I think, I think they're Rube is fine. They're not taking off without Rube. Rube will get out there later. They're taking off with Hanks. No one saw it. I think they think that they can get, him and the ambulance and stuff away quick enough before anyone realizes what's happening and kill Hanks, who he thinks probably is the only, is the guy only to one see. who saw. Because yeah. I guess they only thought he was, yeah, maybe. But it's bad because um, they end up, like when he gets Hans to start driving away before Tom Hanks grabs him, they're driving like maniacs yeah. out of there. So that yeah, doesn't fit. Like, they bust through a police line. The, the doctor could have just got in and gave him the needle and then got note instead of having to drive away. But instead they had to have all that exposition and dialogue, but it's fine because it's the end of the movie. It only takes a second. They have to reveal who the bad guys are. He even goes so far as to have a bright green serum in his needle just because green is poison in, in movies. So oh, yeah, that's, that's also very cartoony, but also like funny and fits the tone. Um, I never thought about Hans that. Is so yeah. creepy. Yeah, so so they try and escape, and they end up fighting and crashing the ambulance and crashing the the pizza dude. And I also um, like how Hanks uh, when he attacks when he gives his big speech, Art has to say, "What do you want me to move?" And yeah. then he, he charges Art, starts to try and strangle him, and Art <laughs> bites his bites his finger in self defense, bites, bites, bites his busted finger. Yeah, he bites the the splint. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, like aluminum. It's so funny. Yeah, it's self defense, I guess. Ooh. But still, Art's the one that's in in the wrong there yeah he I, even lets everyone even lets art go off to the news cameras at the end of the movie as it's ending yeah he's like talking about how like suburbanites are no longer going to put up with this crap oh, and yeah, we're watching you boy. we're going to get you yeah we're it's not going to so take funny. it anymore yeah yeah and he's like, one of those weird guys on the news so yeah. after they drive the ambulance into art's house um they come out on the gurney through the back the doctor and and uh yeah it's rolling down Ray, the street and it hits the clopex car and the trunk pops and then Corey feldman finds the trunk full of bones for some reason um, full. but it's fine what are you going to do there's that, and it adds again to the, that's cartoony it's part and funny. comedy co- yeah funny and part part like skulls there's four bodies at least in there because there's four skulls and then on top of the bones yeah i like it then he's like art your house is on fire art your uh, wife's back and my he's like wife my back. wife's back and art's more scared than any other time in the movie which <laughs> yeah. is really funny and then tom hanks and his wife appear to be just they're going to be let go to go home and did you guys see art's wife she's a little she's fugly. She's pink. a little fugly yeah it i could didn't be. see her face yeah she could be very pleasant yeah. Um, she, oh, sorry, she guys. Like a nice lady she, she's married Colin. to Art, so I don't. 
know so, how that could well be she also possible. went away so that might have been for a mental yeah, health true. break <laughs> but we all quipped about afterwards um I, I think about this from time to time like the movie the negotiator with uh samuel L. jackson and kevin spacey how Samuel Jackson takes all those people hostage and works to prove his innocence. And once he's proved innocent, everything is fine. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Arrested jail time. And so I think probably more the same would be there'd at least be charges or insurance or costs, something to the boys in the neighborhood for Rumsfeld what's happened. would get like mischief, misdemeanor or something like that. But yeah. the other guys would get like uh, felonies. But what I'm saying is the only way they would get felonies is if, well, the Clopex press charges are the DA press charges. Now, if the DA finds out that... This is Colin who has a law degree, I'm, by no, the way. Bird law. No, I'm saying Bird law. someone has to press charges. Yeah. If no one presses fucking charges, nothing happens. Yeah, so That's they, it. they, like, could, yeah, they yeah. get the off. The police would press charges. No, I'm saying, but they may not. They may like take them in and question them, but they may let them go. Um, in this There's yeah. instance, zero chance that they let vigilantes do they this. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, they would probably be punished, but I don't know if it would be jail. Maybe it's that's, like... That's what I wonder. It's fines and they'd be on probation and they'd have to do some community service. For blowing up a house in, in a neighborhood? <laughs> okay, no, maybe. I think <laughs> you're going to jail. Okay. Joe, Joe, Dante, and Tom Hanks are like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? Like insurance fraud or... <laughs> like, no, that's not this movie. Actually, no, that's true. This is not the point, but... No. We're thinking about it like we do. So, yeah, so like you're do. right. They for blowing up the house, they would have endangered the whole neighborhood. Damage police. So, property. so that's definitely something that the other neighbors maybe want some some action oh, yeah. taken the against H, them the for endangering their lives. Oh yeah, you can't. <laughs> well, actually, they might be they might be super pleased because that house should have been oh, demolished. So they and might the be like for removal of the shittiest house goes to. It came out months later that Ray was head of the homeowners association and uh, Ray would be well. Plot. Art would be the head of the homeowners association. It, I kind of no, see. Art, Art hates it comes extra out later. Work. He wouldn't even pick up a shovel. It comes out later that Ray <laughs> yeah. just wanted to burn the house down so he could buy the property cheap and re oh, redevelop yeah. or something. I don't know. Oh, Put his kid in military school and build that nice big modern condo he wanted. Double yeah. double his lot. Um, and how about, um, uh, just before we call it, how about a uh, up-to-date sequel for The Burbs with Corey Feldman as the main character no. now having the neighborhood and no. all the other people, old people, because Bruce Dern's still alive. The only guy that's not alive Barely. is Art. Um, and they could go through another adventure. I would say no. no. I say no to. I would say no to any of that. I, I just was wondering, you didn't hear that, did you? No, God, no. Please no, don't. because you know what? There's a lot of movies um, that you could maybe convince me to do like a remake or something like that. But this one's good. I know. It's solid on its own. There's no need for anything uh, added. Why don't you call it? You were, you were going off I'll there. call it. Hold up, man. I yeah. fucking love this movie since I was a kid. I watched it at least once a year since. And uh, it holds a super warm spot in my heart. And I enjoyed watching it this time. I still fucking laugh. And if you've seen a movie as many times as like, you know, <laughs> we've probably all seen this. And, you still, and we watched this together. And we were all getting kicks out of this the yeah. whole way through. I watched this a few weeks ago and then rewatched it with you guys on two different occasions and it was good both. There's not dead spots either. Like there's no moves. part of the movie where you where you just want to get through it so you can get back to the good. Like it just trucks. It's it's fun, it's interesting. We get caught up on the little details and what ifs here just as do. part of our fun, but it never plays into the movie as a deal breaker. Uh, yeah. there's some slight disagreements between like uh, Colin and I, I think on um just just the tiny details yeah just yeah. just the tone of the movie i think is the only thing just disagreeing with what pulls it out and what what doesn't and um those things aren't even well because i'm on the side that they aren't a problem it's the movie's pretty good to me man and it fucking holds up totally yeah 
I, I, I agree with you 100%. This is as fun a movie now as it was. And actually watching it re-through, re-watching it through these times, um, there were additional details I had not seen. So like that, that means it's super, super good, <laughs> super good movie. What a cast for a movie like this. This oh, yeah. is what still gets me. Like this was a weird ho- comedy, horror, whatever you want to call it, that people didn't like when it first came out, um, except for like some crowds of people. It made three times the budget, so that's always a good thing. But um, I think a lot of people would have looked over this movie and just not understood what it was trying to get at. And I think people watching it today have had more exposure to these types of movies over the years. And if they knew that maybe this was one of the pioneering comedy horror movies, um, at least one of the most recognizable and successful and well done. Um, Cause like, even if you think of something like gremlins or um, I don't know, those movies that do have the lighter touch, all the same people are involved it, in that too. and all the same people involved, but this one just maybe it was the subject matter that there's no supernatural, um, played into it for me a bit more. The only thing weird in this movie is, is that like the dream sequence for being odd uh, in terms of like supernaturally things, but it's not really, it's more just a dream. So none of it spoils it. It's a lot of fun. God, this is a weird underrated movie, not known, I would think by a lot of people, um, unless you grew up around the same time we did. So I think there's a whole bunch of people who should be watching this movie um, for the first time and really enjoying it because it's solid and like go check out a young Tom, Han- Tom Hanks in Tom a movie Hanks you wouldn't so fucking you'd never man. think of him for this movie when you think of Tom Hanks in his career the burbs wouldn't pop up as like one of his best but this is one of his best like yeah. it's like it's in the topper half like if he has good movies and bad movies this is in the topper the topper yeah yeah yeah. Not not his best by far. Like you got your Private Ryan's and you got um, Philadelphia and other things that he's amazing in, but this is like this shows his range, um, and he's good. Road to Purd. Yeah, Road to Purdy. This is holds up. One of my this holds up, and it's one of my one of my one of my favorite Tom Hanks movies. Yeah. Yeah. Like always has been. That's like, a better way. Instead of it being one of his best, this is one of my favorites. I didn't actually yeah. think that this was going to hold up because I haven't seen it in a long time and I just felt like there's going to be way too many problems. But it's, like this it's in, not a problem at all. It's, there is nothing like this either. No, that's Whacking my brains, I feel like it's a totally unique tone. I think it's a... I think the story is universal. Like the the, the, the issues and the and the cliches and the jokes in this movie still hold true about people living in the suburbs today. Yeah, all of it still seems relevant. Um, I love the the lines about paranoia and suspicion, and yeah. uh, and I I love the misdirection. Even though I know what's going to happen, I like watching them try and lead the audience and down the. They do a really good job. The, it, it's once again, it's just a script. The fact that this didn't have any rewrites after it started shooting and stuff also goes to show what a strong script it was when totally. when they got their hands on it. Yeah, and like, what a good job they did improvising and and uh, coming up with things on the day. Great cast for doing that too. Like we were, you had talked about this just before we started recording. Where if you were to go back before we did the episodes and say we have Goonies and we have the Burbs, which will hold up and which will not, I think I would have went opposite. I would have said Goonies, like is is timeless and is great, and the Burbs probably would fade away over time. But in like we didn't think Goonies held up. And we do all think the burbs like more than holds up. This is like still a really great movie. It doesn't just cut it. It's like it's not one of those ones that's going to be better now than it was when it first came out because it doesn't have. It's not like lived to 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 see itself become a, it's a foregone good. conclusion. It's just as good. It's it's still the right representation of suburbia. Um, it plays with the with the comedy and the horror elements, whatever, really well. 
yeah, it's it's a fantastic movie. And this is a fantastic movie. So the the Wendy character who who plays a Rumsfeld's wife is actually the voice of Francine in American Dad. Yes. Oh. And I didn't know that till I was reading some of the notes. And apparently the reason why she is is because Seth MacFarlane loves this movie. Yeah. And he sought her out because of her performance in this movie for Francine. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like for for people who know about movies and make movies and stuff, they all know what a good movie this was especially comedians yeah that this was a good this was a it was probably ahead of its time and which is why critics probably didn't really get it that's all i can think of why this wasn't a huge success as because this isn't rated r this no this be movie like a needs PG a revival 13. it's really hard to find it's yeah, on prime in the, the u.s hell? but we couldn't find it anywhere Sucks. so we had to go through some kind of creative means to watch it but like that's really sad that this movie is that way yeah that's this is gross. not the first movie we've run into like this that no. should be seen like yeah. they should be pumping this out just you, so you know mr hanks we tried to buy your movie yeah i, I would have bought it i would have rented it i would have done anything i could have but we I, it was it i can't believe there's so many good movies you cannot access digitally in in this time this yeah. day and age yeah. it makes you wonder why like piracy is such a thing like, I just want to watch the movies I want to watch. And I feel like I'm paying for more than enough subscription services to get at all movies ever made. But I'm not. So it's got to be more, more, more. And like, come on, $5 for a digital rental? It's got to be the same price as it was for a brick and mortar blockbuster store? Fuck you. Yeah. Movies should be way cheaper to rent. They way would make cheaper. more. They would make, they would, they, they, they never, they never see that model that they priced themselves out of, like they did the same thing in movie theaters. They priced movie tickets so high that some people just honestly can't afford to go with their wife and their kids. If they would lower the prices, you'd have more people going and make more money, not less. Yeah. But instead they price you out. Well, yeah. there was one of these releases over this COVID thing that happened. I can't remember what it was, but because it couldn't be released in the theater, they did that model where it was released direct to the streaming They're doing services. it with everything, yeah. Totally, but there was one movie in particular that I read about. Um, where they made a shitload. And I think that they projected that they probably made more than they would have on the yeah. box office opening um, by doing it digitally. And I think it's because of that, because you open it up to everybody, right? You, you get a wider audience. I, now I can have my family watch this. Me and my daughter can watch this for 20 bucks and I'll buy it for sure. But if I had to spend 40 to take her to, this, to, the, yeah. to the theater, probably not gonna do that every day, right? No, no, that's the, th and like the, the price of the concessions need to be high to support the brick and mortar setup that they have. That's and the movie revenue. prints cost so much, like the movie makers could cut out the middleman, the distribution people all together and just connect directly with the streaming services or better yet, you're a movie studio, start your own streaming service and get your own content. Well, well, and they, I'm not a proponent for that because I'm sick of like, well, now we have as many streaming sites as we do cable channels. Yeah, it's just it's cable It's back to the same That's thing again. You're being well, that, choked and, and strained. That is what is going to happen. That is definitely what's going to happen. It's already happened. It was already happening, but now I think it will become accelerated. Yeah. And, I, doing it by themselves. and I think there'll be a yeah, lot Netflix of... Netflix too. I think, well, Netflix doesn't have all the separate channels, but Amazon has like, oh, okay, that, you yeah. get this. Now, oh, did you find that other movie on prime yeah it's on prime but you need to subscribe to stars now you also need shutter now you also need whatever the tv one is now you those yeah. are they're all 14 15 but movies. but nbc universals is got a streaming service coming out yeah. that's what i'm saying is that's already all been in it's the works gonna, just like disney happen. just like hbo go but um yeah but give me one price no i know but what I i'm know. saying is is that with with this is you're you're gonna have a lot more movies where where that was supposed to go to the theater where now studios are going to decide. They're going to be like, okay, we got this great comedy. 
we got this great action movie. They're like, do we want to do it as a theatrical release or do we want to go straight to demand? And more times than not, the movies that they spent less money on are going to go straight, straight to, to demand. demand. Just yeah. like the Judd Apatow movie that just came out with... Uh, Mr. Uh, with SNL, whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah the, the King Island? of Staten Island. Yeah. And, um, and John Stewart made a movie that's coming out on digital on June yeah. 29th. It's yeah. called uh, Irresistible. And yeah, uh, right. John Stewart wrote and directed it, and it stars uh, uh, Stephen Car- Steve Carell. Oh, that nice. guy's a true genius, man, John Stewart. Yeah, I, I can't wait some, to see it. And yeah. I'll, I'll rent, that, that'll be the first movie I probably rent on digital demand. Yeah. I'll like rent it. Maybe I'll have some people over. We can all throw in like five bucks. It'll cost all like five dollars to watch something. That would cost. I would pay. Well, I'll charge you four bucks. Like (laughs) if if we're talking a new release, like a Star Wars type movie or a Lord of the Rings, like that that size movie got released direct to streaming. But for that movie, you have to rent it for like twenty five bucks if you want it on day one. So a little more than what you don't pay say twenty five because they're already running them for nineteen. Come okay, on, man. Well, don't th- give them ideas. Fine. That's fine <laughs> if they want to do it for that. Pro- I think that's fair because like you'll have fine. two two or more people in your home likely watching it. You get the family together or get some friends over um, to eat some of the cost, and it ends up being not unreasonable. Um, Everyone can bring a- snacks. You can have a potluck. Prime <laughs> and and Netflix are smart for doing their own content because eventually all the content they're showing that's been existing content is going to be pulled back to the studio's own yeah. streaming stuff. And Netflix and then smelled that a long time ago. They did, right? So that's smart. And Prime, like I said, did the same thing. Crave isn't quite getting into that game yet. They have some. But, Apple TV but has starting. a movie coming out Apple does. next month. It's, yep. It stars Tom Hanks. He wrote it. It's directed by a famous director and it's a huge action movie about sea battles uh, in uh, yeah, that's the World right. War II and it looks fantastic. It does look fantastic. It's just coming straight to Apple TV. Yeah. I pay my subscription of five five ninety nine or whatever and now I get to see that movie when it comes out. See, but that's the thing. Disney is nine bucks. They don't have the content that they should for, for owning the real estate that they do. But nine bucks is the right price. I, I pay the whatever 15 to have like six accounts in 4K on Netflix and I'm fine with that too. But the Amazon thing pisses me off because you need to spend I hate 60 it. bucks or so to get all of their channels. I is that, I, that's that a year? I, and then No, a month. What? It would be 60 yeah. a month. You get, you get the general the prime with your membership, but then all the other stuff is no 15. No $5.99 for stars, $8.99 no, for pass. stupid. No, it, forget it. That's gross. The worst that's, is, shouldn't be doing that. The worst is that when we know what movie we're doing, we search for it. Is this movie streaming? It's like, yep, it's streaming on Prime. Oh, it's Prime America, so you can't get it. Or yeah. it's on stars, so you have to pay an extra subscription or blah, blah, blah. I, I'm sick of it all. It pissed me. Like, the reason I got rid of cable was because the streaming was right where I wanted it. You could have... Pretty much there was a time when you could just have Netflix, then I have Prime because I have the Amazon delivery. So that made sense. And then Crave for HBO is what I did. Um, and, and and it's just, it's not becoming worth it anymore. It's, it's time for bad. a new disruptive technology to come in and fucking break it again because it's all going right back. I, and I don't it's know no how. Different. Everything. Well, go back to DVDs because so they'll be so cheap. You could just buy everything on DVD. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Back the physical consumption. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Great. It's cheaper. Could be. That that'd be so funny. I think it is physical consumption would be cheaper now. Yeah, that's how bad it's gotten. I yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. That's it's weird. weird. That's all I need. Weird. Okay. Well, we got a little bit off there, but I think that was all relevant conversation around the burbs because we want it to be available. Like people need to see this movie. So um, I don't know how to do it, but we'll certainly will. And uh, yeah, fun movie. Check out the burbs. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do it, but sometimes you have to. Satan is my friend. Satan is my pal. <laughs> <laughs> I want to kill everyone. everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. <laughs> All right, that's where we're going to leave you today, folks. Have a good one. And uh, as always, enjoy your shit.
Thanks for listening, everyone. Make sure you follow us on Instagram. Our handle is holdup underscore podcast. You can fire us a comment or two, add a movie to our wish list, and we always post a hint about our next episode in the middle of the week. Feel free to drop us an email directly if you've got some feedback for us. Our email is podcast.holdup at gmail.com. Our podcast can be found where most podcasts are these days. Podbean, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and Player FM.